Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Um, Tonight, we're really excited to have uh, Matt Eddy on to talk about um, a really cool curriculum that he's been working on creating for SAE for All, which I think is really needed right now. Um, I hear teachers all the time kind of looking for that. And so, Matt, why don't you start out by introducing yourself and letting the listeners know a little bit more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's a it's a pleasure to be here uh, this evening. I sorry uh, I was a little bit late to join up. Um, so yeah, my name is Matthew Eddy, um, and that's what my mother named me. But all my friends call me Matt uh, or call me Eddy. But just don't call me late for dinner. That's really all I ask. So um, I am uh, the ag consultant at the Iowa Department of Education uh, here in Iowa. And I also serve as a state FFA advisor. I also serve as the state uh, professional ag students or PAS uh, advisor as well. We have a pretty active state association for uh, post-secondary students studying agriculture. That's been a, a great opportunity to work with them. So that's pretty much my role. But uh, prior to that, I was a uh, productive member of society and I was an ag teacher for 20 years and mostly at Southeast Polk, which just sits right outside the capital city of Des Moines on the east side of the world. And uh, before that, it was I was at Indianola, which is a little bit south of Des Moines for about five years and then kind of moved there. So, uh, But spent 20 years in the secondary classroom, and then um, this job came up, and I guess the quarter landed on tails, and I decided to, to make the leap, I guess. Wasn't really interested in leaving teaching at the time, but uh, sometimes – things happen and uh, maybe you end up where you're supposed to be. Maybe you don't, but uh, it was uh, one of those deals kind of like Seinfeld. And that obviously will date me to most of your audience, but it's a little bit of the uh, Seinfeld leave on a high note, right? I'm out. It's great. Yep. You make everybody laugh or you have a great year. You say, yep, I'm done. And that, that last year of teaching was the best year of teaching. I think I had in all 20 years and uh, by far, everything was just wonderful. And so, I, you know, hey, I got to go. So anyway, <laughs> it's kind of how it worked out. But um, yeah, I've been doing the state thing for this is my fifth year. And uh, the fifth year is noted by getting an extra week of vacation from the state of Iowa. So that's always wonderful as well. And in the state staff world, five years is a you long know, time of I, uh, five years of experience na- is like, you know, the the 30 years in teaching (laughs) (laughs) you know i i noticed that my tenure is fast ratcheting up the list of tenured state uh folks we are facing the same thing that ag teachers across the nation are facing right we're a we're a young crowd right where the people are uh joining up and it's almost as if that uh largest generation that we've ever had in america the baby boomers are retiring in mass and we have to bring new people in Mm -hmm. well we're excited today um to kind of see this curriculum because I think it's showcases a little bit of all of the worlds that you work in. And I think that's really excited and makes this even more impactful. So why don't you briefly highlight your SAE unit plan that you've created? 
Well, first of all, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm a, I am merely a vessel and a conduit. Um, funny story. Uh, when you uh, are too stupid to say no, uh, you get roped into things. And I showed up and um, uh, Will Fett, who was working with the Iowa Ag Literacy Foundation at the time, was working on a USDA grant. And and the first one didn't go through. And I said, oh, that's that's too bad, Will. And we were collaborating on it. And he came back a little bit later and he said, hey, we'd like to you know, take another run at that. And I said, oh, that'd be great. You know, I'd be happy to help you and uh, I'll help rally the ag teachers to this cause and so on and so forth. So I got listed on the grant paperwork as a co-conspirator. Maybe that's the right, not, it's not the right word, but, it, you know, anyway. And so as uh, dumb luck would have it, we'll move positions. And so as he left the Literacy Foundation, he's like, hey, remember that grant thing? Did he end it's on a high you. note then? I it's mean... all you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and so he said, it's all you, baby. And I'm like, oh, great. That's awesome. Uh, and so luckily, we were at least about a year in. And so a lot of the frameworks had been the framework framework was all developed. The stuff was mostly in motion. Uh, and so we uh, contracted with a curriculum writer. And that's the real brains behind this operation. And uh, her name was Melanie Bloom. She's a teacher here in Iowa, but she also served as a curriculum writer for Case and and certainly had been an ag teacher for a lot of years before that. And so, again, if you uh, get a chance to meet Mel, she's a great, great, uh, great teacher and great person. And so she did all the work on putting together this curriculum. And so that was one of the things part of the grant was to have some funds to, to then develop this curriculum. And really the idea was that we got into, and I'm going to paraphrase some a little here. So forgive me if this isn't really technical stuff. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but the idea was we wanted students to understand financial literacy. That's kind of been a theme in our state. And I think it's been around the nation a little bit. And we also wanted kids to understand SAE record keeping, right? And we also knew that the Ag Experience Tracker was the newest and bestest thing around that would help kids be able to do some of that record keeping and then start analyzing the, the records on the backside. And we also knew that we wanted to implement SAE for All. And that was kind of in that early 2018, 2019 kind of time space. And so, it was just becoming a thing. We're like, okay, this is great, but this isn't really palatable for a teacher to just take it and run with it. And again, we want to make sure that we hit some of these pieces because we were trying to fulfill some of the financial literacy requirements in Iowa. And so again, there's just a lot of things kind of in the process here. And then the grant was going to be able to help us not only write the curriculum, but also train teachers. And that was the secondary piece of it was to provide the training so that um, in a in a little bit, and I, you know, maybe people remember, but I, I started working with Case in probably 2009. And uh, was that that long ago? Holy cow. Anyway, it sounds really old when I say that that date now, but, but so we were really uh, invested in professional development, right? And we knew that this curriculum, you know, I, I've been to trainings. I, I The one I remember is a thoroughbred horse curriculum. And it was wonderful. Had all the things that I never knew about horses, which was pretty much the whole book. And so I took that home and I put it on my shelf and I never saw it again. And and the the professional development of getting teachers to really understand the curriculum and how to implement it is really what we found not only with case but other instances of 
getting teachers to really use this uh, curriculum in the right way to reach the right ends and that sort of thing. So we, Melanie, uh, put together that curriculum. We use kind of a case framework. So if you see the curriculum, it's set up very similar to what a case lesson plan might look like, that sort of thing. We also implemented a lot of other creative things that had come along. Um, you know, this is 10 years after that kind of modality. And so we also implemented a few other things and tips and tricks in there that we all knew uh, were good things. And again, brought some of that SAE for all information in, uh, brought in some of the Ag Experience Tracker uh, startup information and how to set up an entrepreneurship and all of those pieces. And then also tried to incorporate some of the, again, financial literacy and how does a student understand what is... Um, the, what their um, expenditures are, what income and expenses, and what is a, a business plan look like, and uh, kind of all these other pieces that we put in there. So that was really kind of the impetus of the grant. We put all that together. The curriculum got written. We started doing in-services, um, and that's kind of where we're at. Right now, we're in year. It was a four-year grant, and we just finished the third year of cohorts uh, this fall. And we are looking forward to, and I believe we are going to do an extension. Uh, we kind of, and that was the other fun part of all this stuff. Hey, start a new grant. Here's some stuff. Back COVID. <laughs> so, you know, we had to, we had to move modalities quite a bit. Um, that was one of the challenges I think I wrote about last year of, they want to know how did things go? Did it go to plan? And I'm like, yeah, the plan went out the window about about 2020 right there, right? That February of 2020, that's it's about when the plan all went to heck. So uh, we've just been doing the best we can as we've been going forward. But I do think we are going to get a fourth and a, uh, the fourth year we were planning on, I do think we're going to be able to do a fifth year. So that'll be really great. We should be able to, and I guess whether fortunately or unfortunately, we have enough turnover in the ag ed profession that we have a ready body of uh, cohort uh, teachers to be able to train. And so uh, we're looking forward to maybe getting as close as we can get to all ag teachers in Iowa being trained in that SA for all curriculum. That's awesome. One, well, I was really excited to see the curriculum when you shared it with me earlier this year, um, because it's like so many things that teachers know that they should be teaching, but they don't know how, or, you know, like I'm pulling pieces from here and there and everywhere and nothing's cohesive. So I like that it's all, you know, in one, one easy to use document. Like you mentioned, if you're familiar with case, you'll know how to teach it. Even if you're not familiar with case, I think it's pretty, uh, it's laid out pretty easy to figure out for sure. Um, for those that, you know, yeah, I think it's intuitive. I mean, I think there's some things, you know, there's, it's a nine day, set of lessons right and those aren't consecutive days right you might be able to weave that in one of the things that we kind of did when we were creating the the curriculum was when we were kicking around ideas of you know you kind of have to do this a little bit as you go and then you have to take a break for a while and then you do another day and then you do you know take a break for a while and do another day and so there's it's nine days but it's not like it's nine consecutive days and so yeah no i i appreciate that because it that's one of my, uh, I don't know, it's probably not a pet peeve, but that's certainly one of the observations I've made of when we're running around just trying to grab stuff off of the, off of the wet interwebs, uh, that's really not a great way to do curriculum and, you know, really to study, study the outcomes and what are we really trying to accomplish and then trying to proceed in a way that makes sure that we will accomplish it. And so 
that's certainly one of the ideas as we again tried to write this was making sure that we knew what we were after and, and that we were going to get there so let's talk about i mean you talked about this wanting it to be palatable for teachers so let's talk about those elements that you that that's included throughout this unit plan um that that makes it really easy for teachers to pick up and implement in their programs no matter if they're in Iowa or across the country. Yeah. And that was, you were, you're making me going to open up a, a web, <laughs> web page or a site and go, go open some stuff up. Um, you know, I think one of the things that uh, again, it, it lays out all the things that you're going to need. And I, that's one of my uh, uh, really the things I like about case is that it comes with the list of here's what you need to do this. Right. And I was the kind of teacher that, uh, <clears throat> probably didn't think a whole lot about what I was going to do until I got there. And then it was like, Oh, I need this. And, Oh, well, I don't have that. So now what am I going to do? And I would uh, maybe do the, whatever I had to do to make that work. Right. And so the, that's not a great way to probably approach education as I probably could be the poster child for that. But um, I think there's a, there's a couple of pieces that are in it that are really interesting uh, not only that, uh, one piece I will talk about real quick. I just scrolled past it, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, safety. And I did talk about that at NAAE a little bit, too. One of the things that's really important, I think, as we talk about SAE, is that we really have to do a good job of talking about safety. And whether or not you're looking at, and I think it's um, uh, the late Department of Labor has got a couple of uh, documents that literally spell out that the ag teacher or the vocational says it's so old it says vocational education program is in charge of that student's safety and i don't know that maybe we do that as well as we probably should across the spectrum so i really do think we drew that was one piece that we drew in there there's three pieces the student does a safety uh, contract they do a safety assessment of their workplace and I think that really goes a long way to establishing a culture of safety. That's really the key thing. I don't care where a kid goes to work. They're responsible for their safety. And obviously the business or wherever they go to work will be responsible for helping to provide that. But at the same time, we have to have people that are aware of things, right? That are aware of their surroundings, aware of their uh, situations and understand that, hey, you know, and I know every farm in America is, is a, is a, totally safe place right but being able to identify that you know that pto shaft isn't in isn't on that pto and we need to get that fixed and maybe we even need to get that fixed in enough time frame that i'm not going to go back to work on that piece of equipment until all that safety stuff is you know in place and so that's the kind of attitude and culture of safety that i think we have to work as an ag ed profession on developing in our students uh, and so that was really one of the key pieces we wrote into this as well. Um, you know, if you look at the way it's set up, and I just pulled it open here so I could look, um, it's designed to kind of give you an, uh, the teacher an idea of what what is the lesson, what are the concepts that we're trying to get across to students, what are our performance objectives, uh, again, what are some easy essential questions and key terms. So all of the things that you really should need in order to craft a good working lesson is all available to you right there. And if you want an example, we even give you an example of here, you could do this and that would teach the concept. I think maybe one of the things that uh, gets mis misconstrued sometimes, it's okay to have a, a, 
a game, a recipe, right. For your lesson. And, you know, as you get better as a cook, you start working farther and farther off recipe. Right. I don't remember that guy, but he was always going bam and spicing it up. Is that Emerald? Was that the guy? I don't remember. I think but, so. I don't cook, yeah. but that's, we're going to go with that. <laughs> I think he was a Louisiana. There was always some hot peppers or something. He's going to bam, spice it up. Well, you know, I kind of think teaching's a lot like that. When you're starting, right? When I was a kid making Christmas cookies, I followed the recipe, right? And they turned out pretty good. But now I've done it enough times. I do a few things that are off schedule, right? And I do a few things different. And so again, that I think is a great opportunity for all teachers to be able to, hey, here's what we could do. If I want to, I can roll with that. If I know better, you know, I can probably do something a little different. Um, and so again, you work down through that. It gives you background information, gives you the teacher lesson plans, give you everything you need as far as uh, supplies, what you're going to do with them, how you're going to start it up, you know, even gives you some icebreakers or classroom starters, some references to other information. There was a lot of national FFA information that was in the SA for all, or just generally on their website that would really work really well if you had a quick link that you could go, okay, yeah, I want to show this video from National FA that talks about foundational SAEs, right? And and that's a great opportunity. And now whether a teacher does it in class, they do it as a flipped classroom, so kids watch it outside of class, whatever they want to do with it, heck, maybe they want to TikTok it. I don't know. That seems to be a hot <laughs> thing now. But that way the teacher can, you know, again, here's the resources. Here's all the things you need. Here's where we're trying to go. You can kind of pick which path gets you there. Um, and, you know, again, I, I think it, it provides the student information. If there's any student worksheets, those are all provided for you. So, again, it's really just a complete nine-day curriculum that you can work through to kind of get SA for All introduced to your students, get them on the AET, get them started in record keeping. Um, and, and again, hopefully by the end of it, they come out with a little bit of financial literacy, a little bit of knowledge there, and hopefully a good uh, idea of where they might want to go. I think one of the projects that they do is that they create a business plan for an immersion SE. And we know that not all kids are going to get to an immersion SE, and that's probably okay. But we can hang our hat that 100% of students can get a foundational SAE because any kid can do that. And then if they create that plan, maybe when the opportunity arises, whether that's tomorrow, next month, next year, or after they graduate, they can pull that business plan off the shelf and go, you know what? I, I got a, I, my grandpa says I can use the barn to raise some cattle. And I've now I've got this business plan that I've already set up that this is what I want to do. Now I just need to make it happen. And so there's a lot of great ways to try to help migrate students from foundational into an immersion SAE, which again, I think we all agree is a pretty awesome place. It's just maybe all kids just don't have the opportunities. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned a few different terms, right? Financial literacy, record keeping, um, business plans. Sometimes our students aren't super engaged in those topics, right? Those aren't the things that they're like, they take ag class because they can't wait to learn financial literacy. Maybe some kids, but most of them probably not. Um, so what do you feel in this unit plan makes it engaging for students? Well, one thing is I think it makes it more personable to them. And I think it you know, you take as the students are working through this curriculum, a lot of times they're taking a moment to think about what is 
what do I want to do, right? And I think we have a tremendous opportunity in AgEd to be a really tailored uh, type of program, right? And we can be really individual um, with the SAE. And so when they're going through that foundational SAE and they're looking for career guidance, or they're looking for what are uh, other uh, institutions of higher education that I could go to to get more information. Uh, we're, we're trying to tailor all of this career plan, financial literacy into what is the student's situation, where do they want to go? Um, and again, in the, in, the, in the curriculum, we try to make sure that we build out here, here are the pieces that you want to do on your own uh, because everybody's going to have a different answer, right? And, and where you want to end up. Um, and that's that's kind of one of those pieces of career guidance. I think that sometimes we miss a lot. We do blanket career guidance, but really getting down to the nitty gritty of what do you want to do as a student and where do you want to end up? And I think it's good for kids to stop and think about that a little bit. I would usually say in class a lot to my uh, students when we were talking about something like this, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And you really should probably try to figure out maybe someplace that you want to journey towards uh, that way you know how to make decisions, right? And a lot of students would start looking for a job. And I'd say, look, if you want to be a vet, like 75% of my kids wanted to at that age, right? I'm like, don't go work at Walmart. Nothing wrong with it, but that's not going to get you any closer to being a vet. Go go job shadow the veterinarian. Go shoot, go work down at the, the pet clinic uh, in the urban area that I was in. You know, you could shake a stick and hit a a clinic that serves small animals. So go down there, tell them you'd like to learn some stuff, volunteer on a Saturday, see if you even like standing in the building, right? And, you know, and get some of that real world experience. So again, trying to tailor this stuff to each kid and their individual goals and situation. Um, and again, there's several lessons that kind of work them through uh, some of that ownership and idea of where, where do we want to go? So for our listeners that are interested in implementing this, um, what what tips and tricks do you have, especially since you kind of run a cohort um, presenting this to teachers? You know, what things have you found? What advice do you have for teachers that want to implement this curriculum? Well, two two things are coming to mind right away. And one of them is the curriculum was built with the idea that you would do all of it, right? And and even in my in my younger years, before I learned better, I, you know, I would do the same thing. You take a little piece from here, you take a little piece from there. And that really doesn't do a, a justice to not only the curriculum, but also to be able to find out, did you actually meet the, the goals that you were setting out to try to meet, right? Did the kids learn what you were trying to get them to learn? And so that would be one of them is try not to, to take it apart and just use pieces of it. I know that was really kind of the goal of, of streamlining some of this because there was, there's just a lot of information out there, right? There's tons of things. And really at some point we have to sit down and say, what are the most important things that we need to do? And what is the best goal that we can put? I just scrolled past us department of labor fact sheet number 40. That's, I should probably know that better than I do, but that's a good one. If you're looking for something to read or you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and Google U.S. Department of Labor fact sheet number 40 and, and take a look through there. I think it's page five and six. You might find some really enlightening information. So, again, there's a lot of that stuff that we built in that I don't know that probably before I started uh, 
probably I'd say the mid 2000s, 2015, 16. I'd never even heard of U.S. Department of Labor fact sheet number 40. So, <laughs> excuse me, whether that is somebody mentioned it and I wasn't paying attention, which is probably likely the case, or I just wasn't paying attention, I didn't know. And and there's a lot of things in there that I'm like, oh, yeah, that I should have done that or I should be doing that. So, again, that would probably be one thing. The other one would be, I think, is is try to do, I think if a state leader's listening here, I think it's really important to do uh, some professional development looking across the curriculum, right? I think we probably do some of that and we, we focus sometimes on how to judge meat better. Or what can we do to have a better leadership cohort or, you know, a better creed speaker, but really sometimes we need to sit and focus on what can I do to be a better teacher and what can I do to be a better um, instigator of information? Somebody asked me once and I kind of remember they, they got a weird look when I said it, but they asked me what I did. And I said, I'm a teacher. And they said, Oh, well, what do you teach? And I said, kids mostly. And then there, they, then they, we always have to get into the, the, the nitty gritty of, well, what, what subject area. Right. And I, I used to say, I'm a teacher first and ag just happens to be my paintbrush. Right. And that's where I'm, that's the medium that I'm working in, but I'm teaching kids. And, and that's really the best part of that. And so I think, again, if we as teachers focus a little bit more on what is our professional development, uh, how can we become better teachers? Um, I think this curriculum does a good job and you could do a cohort where you can go through and kind of walk through all nine days. We've been able to do it. Uh, I would say we've probably done it in about 12 hours uh, over two different days. The cohort meets during our Ag Teachers Conference for about a day, about a half a day, somewhere in that range. And then we also come back in the fall and do some just-in-time education of picking up the last three days of the curriculum. We do the first, uh, let's see, what would that be? Uh, four days, because we do the first five days in the summer. Everybody goes home. They're supposed to use it. We show them how to get on the AET, that sort of thing. And then in the fall, late in the fall, we come back and we do the last four days of the curriculum, which is probably about where you should be. You should be getting to that point where you're starting to dial them back into um, the ending of that. And that seemed to work out pretty well. I think you could probably streamline it a little bit and get it down to a day uh, in there. But, you know, again, sometimes I think we take the financial literacy of our teachers a little bit for granted, right? I mean, it it is. Some of the uh, uh, concepts that we're dealing with, double, double entry accrual accounting, right? Uh, cost valuation of assets. They're, some of these things are... Uh, that's, my no, that's my normal vocabulary. Normal vocabulary? You talk about that at parties too? <laughs> Man, we should be hanging out more. That is awesome. I don't even balance my checkbook. <laughs> no, don't tell me that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, to be honest, I haven't written a check for two years because it's all electronic anymore, right? Uh, the days of me writing my check down and then going in the register and writing it back out again and then balancing it right away, those days are gone, I think, at least for me. I don't know. I hope maybe other people are more diligent with it, but... Uh, but those are a lot of things that ag teachers, right? I mean, I, I keep thinking back to my accounting 284 class and man, I thought that was a foreign language then. And then we get into trying to do SAE and, and trying to teach kids some of those concepts, right? It, it, it does take a little bit. So we've spent some time on that. The, the second cohort meeting, uh, about half a day is on AET and making sure that we get things, uh, set out right. And, 
uh, the really the entrepreneurship is the tough one. The placement and all the other activities, science, uh, research-based essays, those are simple. Um, but it's the entrepreneurship ones that we have to sit down and really think about a little bit more. And uh, again, we probably need to all think about how how we handle some of those SAEs as a cohort, you know, as ag teachers, right? What's the best way to account for this? I do think that um, my favorite joke, I think that Rogers told me before was, you know what a creative accountant is? And everybody goes, no, I don't know. And you go, a felon. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I know accounting jokes, right? We're, we're, sure. we're, it's late enough in the podcast. We're down to accounting jokes now, but it's, that is, it is a good point. Right. And I think one of the stories that he told was about, you know, in Texas, you know, sometimes if we're not keeping track of these things and teaching kids the right way to keep track of these things, that may come back to bite them later on in life when it would be more important. And uh, Enron comes to mind a little bit too, right? Uh, creative accounting is probably not a good thing. And so I think the more you can teach kids that as we go, and that was, again, part of that financial literacy goal of this curriculum is how do we get kids to understand these things uh, better? And and obviously, again, old Rufus was probably right, you know, having a home project and having something that um, a kid is is personally invested in is one of those pieces that uh, it's one of the sugar that makes the medicine go down. Right. Because you're interested, you're you're very uh, intrinsically motivated. You want to learn about it because it means something to you. And as one of my students famously told me one time, it makes more sense to me down here, meaning my ag department. And sure. it was the same concept he was learning elsewhere in the school. But because we had an ag twist on it, because he understood the context, he also could piece together the theory much easier. And, and that is really, I think, one of our benefits that we probably don't tout enough is that that this contextual education can really be powerful because students will almost always intrinsically want to learn more than what you want to teach them. Yeah, yeah that's a really good point. So when we think about teachers implementing this, what like grade or class or, you know, age level was this really geared towards when it was created? You know, it could probably be done either uh, in ninth grade or your freshman level, first year ag students type of thing. You probably could implement it with eighth graders if that's where you start your SAE journey. You probably could even go lower than that if you have a program that you start your SAE component uh, at that lower level. I think you could probably do that. I think this is flexible enough and, and probably you might take a little bit more pace with it, right? It might take an extra day or two. And I do think um, we've, this is the, I think this is the really, I think I've named it the second version, right? I think it's named V2. So it is the second version, but we did a lot of work after the first initial rollout to really work on some timing pieces because we had, you know, this one went long, this one went short, this one didn't under, people didn't understand. So we did a lot of fixes originally off of that. And this one here is the one that we've updated all the links and got those kind of back to a functioning sort of order. Um, I will tell you that it is not my area of expertise to be detail oriented in putting links into a curriculum. Uh, that is definitely not my forte. So we had some folks that came along and helped us with that. And so that's great. So, but if you do, if you do find one that's not working, uh, let somebody else know. Oh, no, you can let me know. 
but uh, it'll probably take us till version three before we get those kind of fixed up. Well, and the the pieces that jump out at, to me is you mentioned earlier, you know, about the recipe and being able to add your own, you know, spices throughout as you get more experience. If you're an experienced teacher and there's an element of SAE that you really love that you have in your program, I still think it would complement this well. So don't feel that you have to throw out everything you're doing to just do this. It might take a little finesse, right, to see where it best fits. However, um, I think the topics are uh, generic enough that they would fit any program and, you know, and in what you're already doing. Um, uh, yeah, ab absolutely. And I think that that's probably one of the things as you look at the, how the curriculum's laid out. If you look at, I don't know, lesson number four and you say, oh, I've got a better way to do that. Great. Do it. As long as you're teaching the concept in the order that the concepts are taught, you're pretty much good to go. And that that's kind of that's what I really enjoy about curriculum. Uh, not that I enjoy curriculum much, but I do enjoy that about good curriculum is is if you do the things in the right order, the outcome is still good. Right. It's static. It, you can get there. And it allows for people to do the things that they like to do. It allows you to be able to kind of tailor it to your kids. You know what? If the pacing's off a little bit and your kids don't get it the first day, take a second day. Nobody says you can't do that, right? I mean, that that's where the art of teaching comes in, right? Where mm -hmm. you, you are the learned professional in the classroom. You have the ability to know, hey, this isn't working the way I want it to. What do I need to do to tweak it? Or how do I get Max to understand this better? Or man, Susie got this really quick. How am I gonna how am I gonna keep her entertained while I get the rest of the class to understand it? You know? So that's that's really the art of the teaching part. I like to um the the simple things that we take for granted in good curriculum, the the questions and the key terms and the things that if you need, you know, some time filler or you have a really great engagement strategy, like you can, you can spice it up and make it your own using the resources that are already built into the curriculum. The one part that I would need as a teacher is the material list. And throughout there, it tells you what you need, where to get it. I was terrible at that. <laughs> uh, and I lived and taught in a community that didn't have a Walmart. And so I couldn't be terrible at it. But there I was realizing I needed, you know, item you A for stuff. something. Yes, yeah. I needed stuff and I couldn't get it. So um, I like that. And that's built in throughout this curriculum. It tells you what you need, when you need it, how many and where to get it. And that's, that's really great. So, um, when you, when you're thinking about supplies throughout the whole curriculum, um, is there any specific supply that teachers are going to need to implement this? I mean, we've talked about AET, is that a requirement for teachers and students throughout this curriculum? Uh, even though it's woven in here, it's not a requirement. Um, now, I would I would argue that it would be necessary, but you could probably get along if you were doing records on some other uh, system or other, heaven forbid, writing them down on a piece of paper somewhere. Uh, but I, I do think there's probably the only things I think that you would need um, – are, are things that are readily available, right? There's post-it notes and pens and some other stuff. I do know there's an activity in here. Uh, there's paint chips, 
right? So maybe when you go to that Menards or, or Lowe's, you grab a bunch of different paint chip colors so you can do that activity. And the, almost everything in here is either readily available, um, what do I want to say, nominal in cost, right? There's nothing that's super expensive here. Uh, there's not any um, other pieces in there. I would say probably the AT might even be the most expensive thing you would have to get. And even that isn't expensive in the grand scheme of the world. So um, I'd say that'd probably be it. There is one uh, SAE idea cards. I think you can either create your own or uh, national fate used to sell some, you might be able to find them on eBay or something too. There's an old, <laughs> well, old they're all deal. digital now. Oh, there we go. See, they're all, that... they're all digital and yep. so uh, ready to be even, printed. Yep. That's even better. Right. And so that, that's even uh, some of the benefits of some of that is, Things have moved on the day. I remember when I had to order those cards and they came in a box. And um, You really are dating yourself. I'm, I'm somewhere between <laughs> dirt and dinosaurs. <laughs> so uh, as we wrap up here, where can teachers access uh, this resource other than our show notes? Well, that's a good question. Um I don't know that this is the uh, first time that I've kind of released it into the wild, so to speak. And we, we had a conversation with the grant folks at USDA and we're like, the, do we have to hold the curriculum until we're done with our training or can we go ahead and share it? And again, they, they kind of gave us a green light to say, if it's done, go ahead and share it. So uh, this November at uh, a, an NAAE conference, it was the first time that uh, I've let it, uh, out into the world that wasn't in a cohort training experience. So um, I would say either through your show notes, uh, you might be able, I'm, I'm really hoping that it gets added into some of what they're doing with uh, SA for all re-roll out to uh, for national uh, FFA and kind of getting a refocus on that. Once again, the pandemic kind of threw everything into a world of mess for a while and we're getting that sorted back out again. And I think that would be a great place to get it. Also, again, um, if they contact me at the department, matthew.eddy at iowa.gov, spell out Iowa, um, I would uh, be more than happy to probably uh, let them have it. The only thing is I need people to solemnly swear that they're not going to just part it out, but that they'll actually try to use the curriculum the way it's intended. Awesome. Well, I, I mean, I almost feel like we have exclusive content here. <laughs> so, kind of do i you're the first 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 matters man you're the first ones to kind of i love that this out well um so we i mean we have it in the show notes and it's it's broken down so can you talk about the the different pdf chunks that teachers can expect to see yep. uh when they access the resource yeah i got my folder open here so that'd be a little bit better there's a there's a teacher document which is kind of uh I would say your teacher answer keys, you know, things like that that are in it, the uh, notes for what to do with the activity, the list of the supplies that you need for the activity, all those things are in the teacher document. There's a student workbook, uh, which is kind of the uh, things that the students uh, will get. And they're kind of, uh, and you could print those or you could, they're in PDF form. You could put them on your uh, content management service, whether that's Moodle or PowerSchool or uh, Google Classroom or whatever people are using these days. Um, I say these days like I haven't been in the classroom forever. <laughs> and it's only been five years, but man, you'd be surprised how fast things 
move along sometimes, yeah. right? Because I'm just saying Moodle and some of these other things that people are like, yeah, we don't use that anymore. And uh, yeah, it is what it is. But they got a bunch of the student pieces in there so you can either print them, put them electronically, have kids work on them that way. Um, there is a uh, couple of different pieces in there that are the uh, evaluation uh, like rubrics and some of those pieces, those are in the teacher uh, notes. There's codes of practice. All those should be in that teacher file um, that was created uh, with all of the stuff in there. And then there's the last one. There's like maybe, uh, um, I think that might be it. There should be a couple in there. What was the title of the other one? There's one that kind of shows you what a student uh, looks like for their, what are the uh, concepts, and what are the uh, activities that they're going to do to to do those concepts? And so that one's kind of a curricular piece that, you know, if your school wants you to hand in, hey, what's your, what are you doing today or what are you doing this week? Or this is the plan for this course. You can slip that right in there and that's taken care of. Awesome. Well, so if you're interested, uh, definitely check out our show notes. You'll find the uh, teacher document, the student workbook and the complete, complete teacher book. Uh, all of the PDFs that we've discussed today. And within those, uh, like Matt said, someone painstakingly took the time to make sure that it is linked. So at the top of the documents, um, there will be blue links that will take you directly to, like if you wanted to go to day three, it'll take you take you directly to that, um, which is a nice feature as well. Um, and if a link is broken, you you email Matt and he will find the person to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was the biggest fear I have letting it go into the wild. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I've if we haven't got them all, but I've I've kind of been assured we might have got them all, but you never know. Those things are terrible. If you've never done a web link type stuff, man, the web changes, things change. It's hard to keep up. So mm -hmm. we, I think that's what probably is our yearly iteration of this curriculum might be kind of that same piece of hey, here here are the links that got broke during the year and then now we get them fixed awesome well why don't you repeat your email one more time so that uh, people who have questions um, comments about the curriculum can uh, chat with you yeah sure it's uh, matthew m-a-t-t-h-e-w dot eddie e-d-d-y at then iowa dot gov and you just spell out iowa i-o-w-a Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for sharing this um, multi-year project. I'm sure it feels really good to see it come to life and start to get in the hands of teachers and in turn impact those students. Um, so We've been really excited about it. We've had a lot of good feedback from our teachers. Uh, and part of the study that we, we've done some research uh, reporting with it, uh, there's a group in Iowa State that does uh, surveying and stuff for you. So we should have four years of pretty decent user data that I hope somebody's going to take and run with and make some sort of article or paper or something. It's definitely, it's not going to be me. And uh, before you start thinking <laughs> about that, it's not me, but I'm sure somebody will. And we'll see you uh, published someday. Uh, no, not, not that, not that, <laughs> but maybe I'll get added as like the third person down there. It's like being a producer on a movie, <laughs> the fine print. Um, well, thanks so much for sharing, uh, everyone listening, make sure you go check out the show notes, uh, for those resources and, uh, dig into the curriculum. Uh, 
we just touched the tip of the iceberg today. I mean, there there's hundreds of pages here for you to check out and um, really easy turnkey lessons for the classroom to kind of elevate uh, your SAE plans. Um, so, so check those out. And like always, like here by the OWL podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have a future topic idea or you want to be a guest on the show, we would love to have you. Thanks for listening.